Good afternoon and welcome, welcome back. Oh, thank you so much for joining me again for chapter 13 of 5, Go Off to Camp. So chapter 13, let us see what's going to happen next. Chapter 13 is called A Thrilling Plan. So here goes. I wonder if George is still sulking. Anne called them to dinner. Come along, she cried. I've got it all ready. Tell Mr Luffy there's plenty for him too. Mr Luffy came along willingly. He thought Anne was a marvellous camp housekeeper. He looked approvingly at the spread set out on a white cloth on the ground. Hmm, salad? Hard-boiled eggs, slices of ham. And what's this? Apple pie? My goodness, don't tell me you cooked that here, Anne. Anne laughed. No, all this came from the farm, of course. Except the lime juice and water. George ate with the others, but said hardly a word. She was brooding over her wrongs, and Mr Luffy looked at her several times, puzzled. "'Are you quite well, George?' he said suddenly. George went red. "'Yes, thank you,' she said, and tried to be more herself, although she couldn't raise a smile at all. Mr Luffy watched her and was relieved to see that she ate as much as the others. Mm, "'Probably had some sort of row,' he guessed correctly." Well, it would blow over. He knew better than to interfere. They finished lunch and drank all the lime juice. It was a hot day and they were very thirsty indeed. Timmy emptied all his dish of water and went and gazed longingly into the canvas bucket of washing water. But he was too well behaved to drink it now that he knew he mustn't. Anne laughed and poured some more water into his dish. "'Well,' said Mr Luffy, beginning to fill his old brown pipe, "'if anyone wants to come into town with me this afternoon, "'I'll be starting in fifteen minutes.' "'I'll come,' said Anne at once. "'It won't take George and me long to wash up these things. "'Will you come too, George?' "'No,' said George, and the boys heaved a sigh of relief. "'They had guessed she wouldn't want to come with them, but...' If she'd known what they were going to try and find out, she would have come all right. I'm going for a walk with Timmy, said George, when all the washing up had been done. All right, said Anne, who secretly thought that George would be much better left on her own to work off her ill feelings that afternoon. See you later. George and Timmy set off. The others went with Mr Luffy to where his car was parked beside the great rock they got in. Hi, the f trailer's fastened to it, called Julian. Wait a bit, let me get out and undo it. We don't want to take an empty trailer bumping along behind us for miles. Oh dear me, I always forget to undo the trailer, said Mr Luffy, vexed. The times I take it along without meaning to. The children winked at one another. <laughs> Dear old Luffy. He was always doing things like that. No wonder his wife fussed around him like an old hen with one foolish chicken <laughs> when he was at home. They went off in the car, jolting over the rough road, 
till they came to the smooth highway. They stopped in the centre of the town. Mr Luffy said he would meet them for tea at five o'clock at the hotel opposite the parking place. The three of them set off together, leaving Mr Luffy to go to the library and browse there. It seemed funny to be without George. Anne didn't like it much and said so. Well, we don't like going off without George either, said Julian, but honestly, she can't behave like that and get away with it. I thought she'd grown out of that sort of thing. Well, you know how she adores an adventure, said Anne. Oh dear, if I hadn't felt so scared, you'd have taken me along and George would have gone too. It's quite true what she said about me being a coward. You're not, said Dick. You can't help being scared of things sometimes. After all, you're the youngest of us. But being scared doesn't make you a coward. I've known you to be as brave as any of us when you've been scared stiff. Where are we going anyway? asked Anne. The boys told her, and her eyes sparkled. Oh, are we going to find out where the spook train comes from? Oh, it might come from one of the two valleys then, judging from the map. Yes, the tunnels aren't really very long ones, said Julian. Not more than a mile, I should think. We thought we'd make some inquiries at the station and see if any there's anyone who knows anything about the old railway yard and the tunnel beyond. We shan't say a word about the spook train, of course. They walked into the station. They went up to a railway plan and studied it. Didn't tell them much. Julian turned to a young porter who was wheeling some luggage along. Hey, could you help us? We're camping up on the moorlands and we're quite near a deserted railway yard with lines that run into an old tunnel. Why isn't the yard used any more? Dunno, said the boy. You should ask old Tucky there. See him? He knows all the tunnels under the moors like the back of his hand. Worked in a moor when he was a boy. Oh, thanks, said Dick, pleased. They went over to where an old whiskered porter was sitting in the sun, enjoying a rest till the next train came in. Um, excuse me, said Julian politely. I've been told that you know all about the moorland tunnels, like the back of your hand. They must be very, very interesting. My father and my grandfather built those tunnels, said the old porter, looking up at the children out of small faded eyes that watered in the strong sunlight. And I've been guard on all the trains that ran through them. He mumbled a long string of names, going through all the list of tunnels in his mind. The children waited patiently till he had finished. There's a tunnel near where we're camping on the moorland, said Julian, getting a word in at last. We're not far from Ollie's farm. We came across an old deserted railway yard with lines that led into a tunnel. Do you know it? Oh, yes, that's an old tunnel, said Tucky, nodding his grey head on which his porter's cap sat all crooked. Hasn't been used for many a year. Nor the yard either. Wasn't enough traffic there, far as I remember. They shut up the yard. Tunnel isn't used any more. The boys exchanged glances. So, it wasn't used any more. Well, they knew better. The tunnel joins another, doesn't it? said Julian. 
The porter, pleased at their interest in the old tunnels he knew so well, got up and went into an office behind. He came out with a dirty, much-used map, which he spread out on his knee. His black fingernail pointed to a mark on the map. That's the yard, see. It was called Ollie's Yard after the farm. There the lines to the tunnel. Here's the tunnel. It runs right through to Kilty Vale. There it is. And here's where it used to join the tunnel to Roker's Vale. But that was bricked up years ago. Oh, something happened in there. Roof fell in, I think it was. And the company decided not to use the tunnel to Roker's Vale at all. The children listened with the utmost interest. Julian reasoned things out in his mind. If that spook train came from anywhere, then it must come from Kilty Vale, because that was the only place the lines went to now, since the way to Roker's Vale had been bricked up where the tunnels joined. So I suppose no trains run through the tunnel from Kilty Vale to Ollie's Yard now then, he said. Tucky snorted. Didn't I tell you it hasn't been used for years? The yard at Kilty Vale's been turned into something else, although the lines are still there. There's been no engine through that tunnel since I was a young man. Well, this was all very, very interesting. Julian thanked old Tucky so profusely that he wanted to tell the children everything all over again. He even gave them the old map. Oh, thanks, said Julian, delighted to have it. He looked at the others. This will be jolly useful, he said, and they nodded. They left the pleased old man and went out into the town. They found a little park and sat down on a seat. They were longing to discuss all that Tucky had told them. It's jolly strange, said Dick. No trains run there now. The tunnel's not been used for ages. And Ollie's yard must have been derelict for years. And yet, there appear to be trains that come and go, said Julian. Then they must be spook trains, said Anne, her eyes wide and puzzled. Julian, they must be, mustn't they? Oh, looks like it, said Julian. It's most mysterious. I can't understand it. Ju, said Dick suddenly, I know what we'll do. We'll wait one night again till we see the spook train come out of the tunnel to the yard. Then one of us can sprint off to the other end of the tunnel. It's only about a mile long and wait for it to come out the other side. Then we'll find out why a train still runs from Kilty Vale to Ollie's Yard through that old tunnel. Jolly good idea, said Julian, thrilled. What about tonight? If Jock comes, he can go too. If he doesn't, just you and I will. Not George! They all felt excited. Anne wondered if she would be brave enough to go too, but she knew that when the night came, she wouldn't feel quite half as brave as she did now. No, she wouldn't go. There was really no need for her to join in this adventure at present. It hadn't even turned out to be a proper adventure yet. It was only an unsolved mystery. 
George hadn't come back from her walk when they reached the camp. They waited for her and at last she appeared with Timmy, looking tired out. Sorry I was an ass this morning, she said at once. I've walked my temper off. Don't know what came over me. That's all right, said Julian amiably. Forget it. They were all very glad that George had recovered her temper, for she was a very prickly person indeed when she was angry. She was rather subdued and said nothing at all about spook trains or tunnels, so they said nothing either. The night was fine and clear. Stars shone out brilliantly again in the sky. The children said good night to Mr Luffy at ten o'clock and got into their sleeping bags. Julian and Dick did not mean to go exploring till midnight, so they lay and talked quietly. About eleven o'clock they heard somebody moving cautiously outside. They wondered if it was Jock, but he did not call out to them. Who could it be? Then Julian saw a familiar head outlined against the starlit sky. It was George. But what in the world was she doing? He couldn't make it out at all. Whatever it was, she wasn't making any noise over it, and she obviously thought the boys were asleep. Julian gave a nice little snore or two just to let her go on thinking so. At last she disappeared. Julian waited a few minutes and then put his head cautiously out of the tent opening. He felt about, and his fingers brushed against some string. He grinned to himself and got back into the tent. I found out what George was doing, he whispered. She's put string across the entrance of our tent, and I bet it runs to her tent, and she's tied it to her big toe or something, so that if we go out without her, she'll feel the pull of the string when we go through it and wake up and follow us. <sighs> Poor old George, chuckled Dick. Well, she'll be unlucky. We'll squeeze out under the sides of the tent. <sighs> Which was what they did do at about a minute past twelve. They didn't disturb George's string at all. They were out on the heather and way down the slope while George was sleeping soundly in her tent beside Anne, waiting for the pull on her toe, which didn't come. Poor George. The boys arrived at the deserted railway yard and looked to see if Wooden Leg Sam's candle was alight. It was. So the spook train hadn't come along that night yet. They were just scram oh, excuse me. They were just scrambling down to the yard when they heard the train coming. There was the same rumbling noise as before, muffled by the tunnel, and then out of the tunnel again, with no lamps, came the spook train, clanking on its way to the yard. Quick, Dick, you sprint off to the tunnel opening and wait for the train to go back in again, and I'll find my way across the moor to the other end of the tunnel. There was a path marked on that old map, and I know that. Oh, excuse me. Julian's words tumbled over each other in his excitement. I'll jolly well watch for the spook train to complete its journey and see if it vanishes into thin air or what. And off he went to the path that led over the moors 
to the other end of the tunnel. He meant to see what happened at the other end if he had to run away, uh, run all the way. Wow, so Julian is going to go and see what happens at the other end of the tunnel. What do you think is going to happen? How exciting. Ooh. Oh my goodness. So I think maybe um, he's going to, I don't know, is he going to be surprised? Is he going to wait for nothing to come out? Is the train going to disappear into thin air? What is going to happen? Because if it's a spook train <gasps> driven by spooky, spooky ghosts, then who knows what could happen? Anyway, join me tomorrow for chapter 14 and we will see. <laughs> so until tomorrow, have a lovely day. Take care and stay safe and bye for now.